Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hello, you. Welcome to the UK Tech Weekly Podcast, the UK's premier audio noise, giving you a hot blast of tech every Friday. The UK Tech Weekly Podcast is an infotainment tincture from the editors of PC Advisor, Tech World, Mac World UK, and Computer World UK. You can find us on Acast, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, and pretty much everywhere you get podcasts. Every Friday, we bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed tech chat on the hot tech topics of the past seven days so don't forget to subscribe review and tell your friends i'm matt egan editorial director of idg uk and today i'm delighted to be joined in conversation by two of our knifiest editors <laughs> great scott is it a ghost no but it's just as scary it's scott carey online editor of techworld.com hello hello dave <laughs> is it a nice warm hug no but it's just as nice it's david price deputy editor of macworld uk Hello, Matt. Today we're going viral and shouting Yahoo! So let's go. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. (coughs) 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 David Price, I have a cold, but don't worry, it's not infectious, it's viral. Why might that be a good metaphor for something we're calling Shatzam? <laughs> <laughs> we're absolutely not calling it Shatzam. Um, there's been a couple of interesting things this week, uh, which sort of show the two sides of uh, viral sensations, as people always call them. Um, and the one uh, I think possibly you're referring to is Facezam, which has turned out to be a hoax rather, well, sort of disappointingly, but also reassuringly yeah um yeah because uh, face Sam was supposedly going to be maybe the creepiest um, <laughs> i mean there's a lot of candidates for this but maybe the creepiest app uh, concept i've heard um which was that you could take a photo of a stranger just anywhere uh, and then the app would immediately um uh, search uh, against the image data on facebook on profile pics and it would uh, show you who that person was mm. and let you friend them or whatever on Facebook and basically stalk them, uh, which, you know, everybody found pretty repellent and stalkerish. And uh, Did everybody find it repellent and stalkerish, though? Well, I suppose I could be in a sort of um, uh, BM oh, I, 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 bubble here, but most just people... I wondered if that was kind of the reason why it was floated out there was because, like, I, I, you know, some reaction I saw was to do with the convenience Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, God, that's a bit alarming. Uh, well, yeah. it is, and that's, maybe that's the point, I guess. I don't know. Well, the, the interesting thing was that um, you look you look back on it now and you can see all the clues, because um, like one, one of the things that the CEO, not really the CEO, not really the company, but the, the fake CEO said, 
uh, was that I think privacy privacy no longer exists in the public society. Yeah. Um, which is obviously just an awful thing to say, but it was presented as like a marketing slogan almost. Um, but I think, yeah, you're right. There are some people that do have certainly complicated attitudes to privacy. Um, and I remember that on our internal Slack messaging, uh, I immediately posted the video of Eric Schmidt, um, who is a bit of a personal um, bugbear of mine, uh, commenting on privacy and saying that if people don't want everything they do to be publicised, then they shouldn't do it in the first place, uh, which is, you know, pretty horrendous. Um, so I think they were trying to make a they were trying to make a serious point. Yeah, who, who was they? Do we know? Is it just? Oh, like, I don't. I don't. It was like to... a marketing agency. Yeah, wasn't it's it? often PR or marketing. But no, I'm not. Things. I'm not. No, they don't oh, it's get. It's so credit annoying for that. when people do that. But um, yeah, it was a proof of concept. The thing that amazed me, well, it shouldn't really amaze me, but the thing that um, I found about this was the amount of media um, hmm. organisations that absolutely hook, line, and sinker for this. Yeah, and it actually. To the point where it went through like the three stages of virality, <laughs> where there was the initial like news report, oh, this is the app that lets you do this. Yep. But I actually eventually saw some like think pieces yeah. being yeah. like, this is why this is the death of privacy, and it was all from like a, a fake app announcement. Well, there's a, there's actually a fourth step now, which is the mashable think piece about even though it's a hoax, it still raises serious questions. <laughs> Just, so oh. we, we, could, we should come back to those steps of virality because I think they're they're interesting in and of themselves. But um, we've seen other hoaxes like this before, haven't we? I'm trying to think. There have been apps and things like that. There's been a few recently with um, videos um, where there was a video of a woman ripping a wing mirror off a mm. van. Um, yeah. And it was basically set up by like an agency to try and raise awareness of like uh, misogyny on the streets. Um but th- again, it just yeah. picked up hook, line, and sinker. Daily Mail yeah. <clears throat> published it in full, you know, with their sensationalist headline or whatever, and it, w- it went across all the media organisations without well, anyone checking. They've it. kind of got a guess out now, haven't they? Which, which to be fair, we do as well, but for different reasons. But is that so? I remember all the tabloids covered that as sort of fact, and then then investigated, or then at least would it was presented to them that it wasn't everything it seems to be and then they just sort of tweaks the headlines yeah. and stuff like that but, but having their cake and eat it essentially. Yeah, yeah. well they were never punished for it that's a, I mean there's not really a reason why they should be punished but there's no there's no downside yeah, exactly. they get rewarded to, to getting caught hook lying and lying and yeah. by it is that you still get the page view. I'm sure there have been like fake products though over the past couple of years and I really ought to have researched that well yeah so there's um uh, I, I did do some research. Um, Excellent. There's, um, there's a product, a fake product called iPhone, a table connect for iPhone, which is supposedly this, you know, full size table with a little. Um, it was the old, it's quite a few years old. Had a little thirty pin connector for an iPhone, and you plug your iPhone in, and then uh, whatever's on the iPhone is mirrored, full size on this huge table, <laughs> and then you can swipe across the table uh, and interact with the table. And the funny thing about this is that they have since made a real product that kind of approximates to what that is because there was it's a bit like the surface table actually which Microsoft yeah does. totally it's something that could be done but at the time there wasn't really the technology yeah. to make it feasible they just did it as a hoax and again everybody reported on it got really excited by it they've um, been they've been the odd sort of dating app as well like where again for, for reasons of sort of tawdry marketing essentially you throw yeah. something out there that's on the face of it ridiculous and then you get reaction and then actually yeah. the true story is below the line becomes the actual story, I suppose. Yeah. So let's talk about these three stages of virality then, because because I suppose the most viral story this week would have been, what do we call him, Professor Dad? Profe- <laughs> Professor Kelly. Um, yeah, this is, this is the much nicer um, uh, aspect of viral stories. Because um, uh, this was completely organic, right? Y- well, yeah. Um, 
Or was it? Well, yeah, this, this is the point. <laughs> so I, I don't really know if I need to um, outline it. Tell the story anyway. Seen it, but um, Professor Kelly, expert on uh, Korean geopolitics. Um, can they be Korean geopolitics? Are they yeah. not? Anyway, uh, Korean politics. It was talking about the impeachment of the South Korean president on BBC Live over Skype. Uh, and while he was talking about something very serious, his four-year-old daughter comes barreling in through the door, uh, doing a funny little dance, uh, which is just adorable. <laughs> it's making me laugh just thinking about uh, it. And, he, and she just wants to get involved in her dad's yeah. uh, work. He sort of he pushes her back fairly violently. Um, and then the eight-month-old son comes bowing <laughs> just in kind afterwards. Of sw- swoops in in his walker. In, little walker. And then the best bit is when um, Professor Kelly's wife comes in, tries to be surreptitious. Uh, she's like <laughs> kneeling, so she's below the level of the camera, but you can see her. And she yanks them both out and then closes the door with just a little arm poking through. And this is great, and everybody loves it. It is, and, uh, it is like without any hint of cynicism. It is one of the funniest things I've seen this it year. Is, like, it's a real sort of pure enjoyment. I was away just... skiing last week with um, my girlfriend and her family, uh, like various people that I know a little bit. And this video, I, wa- I watched it, and it did the entire rounds, yeah. and everyone yeah. found it utterly hilarious. Well, because actually, there was something quite joyful about it as well. And then, mm. and then maybe you go and talk about this, David. But subsequently, Professor Kelly's talked about. Because they, because they had to, the family, poor family's privacy actually was was invaded to the extent that they had to talk about it. But he was saying that his daughter just celebrated her birthday at kindergarten, mm. and she was, in his words, in a hippity hoppity mood. <laughs> and there was just something so joyful about the way the child walks into the room yeah. that you'd have to have a heart of stone not to find it hilarious. Oh, no, it's wonderful. Um, and anyone who has kids knows how little they respect professional <laughs> boundaries. Um, yeah, but then you know there is that element as well, as you said that you sort of think, well, you know, what if it had turned out to be stays? What yeah. if there was some subterfuge? And I think that... Well, it didn't do his um, profile any no, it, well, any I bad... Mean, but it might have done. I mean, I think, like, if you, you know, from his perspective, you can see in the clip and then subsequently in the interview he did, I think it was for the Wall Street Journal, but it was quoted wildly elsewhere, like, that he really thought, because an important part of his role as a Western person working as a professor in a South Korean university is publicity and promotion mm. and he kind of thought he'd screwed over his contact with the BBC yeah. through mm. it so he, he you know he, he yeah he, he thought that like his career would be materially damaged by this thing mm. as it happens because who doesn't like uh, a nice happy family scene you know he, he will have he will probably have to work a little bit to get beyond being that guy but, yeah but he now is known so he probably has done him some good but and he you know. will be installing a lock on his office <laughs> from the inside <laughs> yeah yeah, that or is, just uh, that is the thing I like about him most is that he he can, has consistently said it was his fault. Yeah, yeah completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas anyone else in that situation, I mean, I certainly would have uh, blamed my children, <laughs> possibly my wife, or your wife. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but she, you know, she made the best of it. So, this, you, but this like properly went through all the stages of virality, didn't it? There was yes. the initial like joyousness. Yeah. There then was the, then the backlash. The backlash. Then there was the backlash to the backlash. Then there was the Guardian think piece. Yeah. Um, then there was the um, scandal over whether people commenting on the video were being racist because yeah well, well this, this happened in our nanny. office didn't it yeah like one of our colleagues said well maybe it's the nanny and, uh, I think <laughs> it has to be said principally on the basis of the fact that she was Korean yeah in ethnicity um, yeah well like probably most people watching the video didn't know the context yeah completely. Um, so like there's no way to know on first watching that he is based in Korea because yeah, you, you're yeah. basically thrown into this totally. from like 
minute one um and it's a skype call so you can't like and then people are starting to comment on the ethnicity of the children which is a very slippery slope yeah and it just all gets very comment sectiony basically which is not a nice place to be often well that's the other other aspect of virality isn't it is that it opens it up to everybody and the worst excesses of the internet come into play it kind of reminded me a bit of the boston bombing in a way where everyone became a detective all of a sudden and then right and then like reddit suddenly becomes like a load of people spec wildly speculating on their ethnicity who they are they start picking out details and it just becomes the wild west um, which is which is fine. Like that's the internet. People can do that. But when it has an actual like impact, then that's when it gets a bit dangerous. But I think as long as you understand the context again. So like so to go back to the point about is it fake or not? I think if that clip had, I don't think it is fake. If it had have been fake, it would have had devastating com- consequences. Because the reason why people liked it and it was interesting was it was this kind of really authentic picture of a family's life. Whereas the face Sam thing is quite a calculated means of getting mm. people to talk about something part of the point of it is that it's fake and it's it's necessarily exposed as being fake at some points. The other thing I found about the, the virality of uh, Professor Dad um, was, um, was, was the timing of it was really interesting. So we all sit in an office staring at screens all day, so it stands to reason that that it was picked up fairly easy by someone and they shared it on our Slack feed. So we were all looking at it, I think, let's say on Friday morning, if that's when it was. Um, two days later, people were sharing it into my various feeds. It's really interesting to see how information like that it shared it was picked up uh, the, the, the thing that was first shown to me was on the website joe.co.uk mm-hmm. um, but very quickly it was on all the nationals and some people were sharing that it's just really interesting how that kind of information is disseminated and also how people pick it up in waves mm. um, well, you get a hierarchy of it and it's very difficult not to feel a bit elitist a bit snobbish yes i have time to look at all the crap on the internet i I saw this two days ago when it's just just you happen to be on slack (laughs) instead of having something meaningful to do with your life yeah Yeah, i saw it way before all the ambulance drivers and surgeons losers (laughs) gps were really slow on this one Uh, but i mean i suppose there's something to be said um with the the hoaxes and the virality stuff that the way that it has now affected um news and the film industry and the music industry, the way that things now are evaluated on the basis of how readily they are shared. Um, and you, you could, I don't think it would be too much to, too much of a stretch to say that Donald Trump's success is an extension of his, um, of his virality. The fact that he says things that are either outrageous and then you share them or they are um, something that you agree with and he's willing to say and again people share it and he he has he has understood the currency mm. um, of the sharing economy more than any other politician well it's not about world. yeah exactly if you want to resonate if you want if you if if the currency is uh people noticing you being in the middle and being rational and being um even-handed yeah are not good ways of doing that. Whereas being outrageous means you will definitely be noticed either way. And and given that apathy is a big issue in democracy, mm. uh, in established democracy anyway, um, that does mean you're likely to get your full share of people who might share in your opinions or your expressed opinions. So you're likely to poll well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, uh, let's go around the room. Viral's well that ends well. <laughs> or we're in via straits. <laughs> David Price. 
I think we're in Via Straits. Woo, Scott Carey. Uh, Viral's well that ends well. Yeah, I think I'm more on Scott's side on this, but um, we'll see if the world ends. Uh, before then, we'll take a short break and we'll come back to talk about Yahoo. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Ah, Yahoo, who, who, push pineapple, shake the tree. Scott Carey, Yahoo, which still exists, uh, is reducing its intake of M&Ms. Explain. Um, yeah, it's the end of the road for Marissa Mayer. Um, Marissa probably, Mayer. probably the most high-profile female tech CEO of all time, I'd say. Yeah, I think so. Um, I fair. think um, they, can't think of anyone comparable. No, I mean Cheryl Sandberg at Facebook, but she's not a CEO. Um, so yeah, can't think. Does of. Ariana Huffington count? No, I'd consider her a media. But and 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 (laughs) but nice try and (laughs) just no. But 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 fair enough, good effort. Um, Yeah. So she her time as CEO of Yahoo has finished after just short of five years. Um, That's not all weep for her though, because she walks away with twenty three million dollars in severance. Um, She was already one of the most highly paid CEOs in Silicon Valley. Um, and she was employee 20 of Google. So. She was employee of 20. And this is actually one thing that I was going to get to a bit later, but I'll get to now, is um, a lot of people sort of have reveled in Marissa Mayer's failings for, for the past sort of five years. There's always... People have been very quick to jump on her, been very quick to criticise her. Um, and at, at the beginning, she was an extremely well-regarded hire. It was seen as very progressive from Yahoo, a company that very much needed um, sort of an injection of imagination. It needed to turn itself around. It was massively in decline. Um, And Marissa Mayer was already an extremely wealthy woman. Like, she was employee 20 at Google. She basically needed a new challenge rather than she needed the money, um, which Yahoo probably saw as a good thing. They probably saw it as a reason why she could be um, that sort of injection. Well, they of, needed to make decisions, and arguably, certainly initially, did make decisions that wouldn't necessarily lead to greater short-term profitability, but but led to longer-term, uh, what's the word, relevance, actually. Yeah. And certainly in the early years, in terms of share price, she had quite a positive impact. Yeah, she did. Um, and, and some of that may have just been the sort of the, the um, wellspring of sort of good... Um, sort of uh, intentions towards her people basically um, thought that she might have had the chops to to turn to turn the company around and she made a lot of sort of high profile moves um, bought Tumblr she bought Tumblr um, which again is um, something I'll get to in a bit actually because um, it's it's quite an important sort of milestone in her in her tenure there um, but she did she made Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free 
or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Made some huge moves on the media side, which never really paid dividends. She started hiring some sort of big-time celebrities to come and work for Yahoo Media, um, even though we all know that the media makes no money, so that wasn't really going to have an effect on the bottom line. Um, but the main problem with her sort of tenure... Um, just seems to be that she, as you said, she would always come out with these like really good sounding ideas. She would talk about strategy. She would talk about the direction of the company, bring it back to relevance, bring it back to its heyday. Um, but that would change too often. Yeah. So there would too often be these sort of zigzags in strategy. Um, and in the end, um, it sort of became death by, by a million cuts. Yeah, and that is classic story for an organisation that has grown hugely, been very successful and then just tipped over because it's very difficult to describe what yahoo is these yeah, it days is. it used to be this huge portal email kind of kind of a lot of things that google does but but what is it now and yeah. you know from the ceo perspective it's it is easy to be critical because on the face of it you know it's largely been a failure but um it's also extremely difficult to create that vision and then implement it in a huge organization yeah. Yahoo is. And and Yahoo's been in trouble for, for way longer than Marissa May yeah. has been in charge. It it was been in tro- trouble basically since um the dot com boom. And and the reason for that is that as you said, it's it's difficult to define them, but they are essentially an advertising company. Um they make most of their money from display advertising, search advertising. Yeah. Um and the that's problem for Yahoo is that those are both industries in yeah. decline. Um and eyeballs and advertising dollars have all gone for, well have very much gone towards mobile and Yahoo just failed to like jump onto that bandwagon in time. Um, so she basically was captaining a sinking ship and had to was charged with finding a new way of um, making money either by leveraging what they had already into maybe mobile or whatever the next thing was, or by creating a whole new revenue stream in itself. And mm. I definitely argue that it would have taken a monumental effort to to do something like that i mean a steve jobsian sort of turnaround or like product or or, or the something. less sexy version which i've talked about before which is microsoft actually yeah which look for all that steve balmer is a maniac i'm not i don't mean literally just in case anybody legally is listening but <clears throat> but you know he's perceived as being this kind of loose cannon figure whether it was him but on on his watch microsoft went from a company that sold products all of whose products weren't very good to being this enterprise giant that it is now hugely profitable company still with problems but has managed to make that transition albeit from a stronger base than yahoo ever did mm. um and yes yeah, steve jobs incredible um incredible performance there but i mean one of the frustrations with yahoo is that um before marissa mayer went there they had purchased alibaba which mm. is this e-commerce giant from asia and you know th- there's an obvious thing which we know ourselves actually which is if you have an audience and display advertising is your principal way of monetizing that, you need to move away from display advertising because that's a race to the bottom. But e-commerce is a very 
good way of monetizing the audience yeah and yet somehow they haven't again they still quite haven't managed to tie it all together and at one point it looked like they were doing that in marissa Meyer's early years and again it seems to have fallen away really it kind of became a bit of an albatross around her neck the alibaba thing yeah. because it actually started to become bigger than yahoo yeah. um because it became such a valuable stake um so i think yeah trying to sort of amalgamate the two in a, in a sort of weird way the way that um, the guardian was always propped up by auto trader yeah um for years and it's sort of once that goes or once um that sort of outgrows you it's very difficult to then get back to what your core business is well unless like for instance i mean the guardian's no one's idea of an extremely well-run commercial operation but there is a reason for the guardian to exist that ex- that is outside of commerce so if the auto trader props it up Mm-hmm. that's actually something that can be understood culturally within the organisation kind of thing whereas Yahoo exists to make money yeah. there's no kind of editorial line that Yahoo's um, trying to sell or, or great journalism that it's trying to do or that, or if it is that's not its integral reason for being Yeah. Um, she was also not an uncontroversial manager no so her legacy really will, will come down to um, sort of her overall leadership and, and the way that she spent money um, so as as a manager, she she actually wasn't by the end of her tenure, she wasn't particularly well liked in the organisation. It's difficult to separate the CEO from the failings of the company. Yeah. If you're at a company that isn't doing particularly well, you're obviously not going to be particularly happy. And the way that you um, display that is by not being very happy with the CEO. But she did. Um, she she made several gaffes um, in in her time. There was um, the major one was when she basically just blanket banned working from home. Yeah. Um, which went down extremely badly, both with employees and with the media. Um, she, it just could have been done in such a, a much more finessed way. Yeah, I mean, I think she she clearly recognised there was an issue. Yeah. Whatever the issue was. Um, but yeah, just saying, and and actually in quite a sort of holy and thou way mm. and. You know, there were there were blogs about this, and there was kind yeah. of a um, nobody can, as they say in the states, telecommute um, was just inept because even if that was the right decision for that organisation, it just was communicated in such a way that it would have clearly alienated anybody who's ever worked from home. Well, it's just the sort of policy home. that you can't blank it on because, it, like, the the idea of working from home tends to be very much regarding like personal circumstances. Mm. So you have to be a little bit more flexible with your workers. Um, and it just, yeah, it just showed sort of a... It's interesting how history has recorded that, though, because I remember when, when that first happened and she first did it, I remember our UK CEO here forwarding it round to managers and saying, you know, we should think about doing this. Cause, so like the, initially there was this kind of halo effect around the fact that she'd said it as a Silicon Valley CEO. Relatively quickly, I think, other people in similar roles were kind of like... Mm. Because, you know, it needs policing and it needs to be mm. managed right. But you also need to employ the right people and trust them. And off, there are certain jobs where it might be more effective to do it from yeah. home. What was her justification for saying you couldn't... Work she wanted to foster more collaboration within the organisation. Yeah. She wanted to basically get people meeting face-to-face more. It, it was came down to this thing that she wanted to create more new product lines mm. and sort of like start producing things in-house that would bring in revenue rather than relying on their sort of... I, I find declining. this really interesting as well, though, because she is a very bright person mm. who went to Stanford and really excelled. I mean, like, um, like, like was a proper sort of smart person coming out of Stanford. Which yeah, is and I think, she was a fair, I think she was a, um, a good engineer. Um, yeah, and, she and was well, and was 
was then actively, you know, when I graduated, nobody was knocking the door down to recruit me after my degree in English and drama from the University yeah. of Hull. She was actively, you know, sought out by McKinsey and various big organisations and actually took a bit of a risk going to be employee 20 at Google, mm. although that's when you take a risk when you just graduated. But I wonder if she missed a bit of her career in a weird way because any manager in the world knows if you want to foster more creativity, if, 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 if the, the goal is get people together more often, what you do is you get people together more often. Yeah. You don't ban them from not being together, no. which is exactly what has happened there. And I understand as a CEO it's difficult to directly control these things, but you have to understand culture and how to change culture, and it has to be a positive thing rather than you cannot work from home. Yeah. That didn't, that, even if that was fully implemented and embraced by everyone, it's, you could still not work from home and not have any more meaningful meetings with your colleagues. Mm. And and the blowback there, um, fairly or unfairly, was was always tinged by the fact that she had just um, completed her first stint of maternity leave. Yep. Uh, she just had her first son. Um, she now has three kids. She has twins as well. Um, but um, she famously only took two weeks of maternity leave. Yeah, uh, she had just joined Yahoo actually. Um, and then any time that she made sort of a personnel decision, it was always reported in the media alongside that decision, or it was tinged. And there by is that. sexism there. Because yeah, and I'm going to say that, like sitting here as three blokes, I'm going to tread quite carefully. Um, but I always feel like it was extremely unfair yeah. the way that um, people reacted to that. And there were some extremely sort of attack-minded uh, pieces towards her, like as a person, as a mother, um, regarding that decision. And and it's hor- that whole thing is horrible and it, there's a culture of it and it's difficult to put your name on it and as you say as a man it's difficult to talk about it but you've got to call it out there is sexism there mm. there is sexism I mean like there have been cases where men have sued Yahoo for sexism which are patently absurd but yeah. but they do speak to uh, a culture in which you know let's face it some people just don't like the fact that there's a woman in this position of power mm. You know, yeah, I think I think batting working from home was just an inept thing to do. But the fact that she'd just come back from maternity leave is totally irrelevant. You yeah. Know, the fact that she had that she used to bring her, her baby son to work with her. Yeah, she had like a crash next door to her. Okay, office. I mean, not everyone's in the situation to be able to do that. And again, I can understand how it feels a bit tinnied that she's doing that while saying to people they can't work from home. Mm. But at the same time, it's like if if it was a man doing that, no one would mention no. it. So, David's playing the face. It does seem... You're right, we do have to be careful what we say, but this is exactly it, is that she she did give the impression, and I know a lot less about her than either of you, which is why I've been so quiet, but um, the impression you get from the outside is that she was this sort of grand dame on top. You know, she had these stupid parties where she dressed as Marie Antoinette, and and she was unapproachable, (laughs) and and a celebrity CEO. Yeah. And the fact that she thought it was okay to control other people's work-life balance to that extent. Mm. Um, and yet, it was okay for her to do whatever she wanted. And of course, it is all right for her to do whatever she wanted, but it but, should also be... But I think the point is, she, you know, she, like I say, she came back to work two weeks after she had her child. Yeah, and so she had job. that standard for herself that yeah. nobody else could do. Completely. normal people can't... So it was insane. Like it, was, it was a stupid thing for her to do, but it was not about gender. That's the point. No, but it is... I think but it, there but is it, an element of... But it was always seen through the prism of gender. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm. Um, um, 
just you know go on with her sort of legacy because there's a few sort of important sort of tenets but uh, you mentioned Tumblr earlier and her acquisition, her M&A strategy was an absolute unmitigated disaster. Yahoo, Yahoo is the kind of benchmark gold standard yeah. for terrible acquisitions. And they were bad, they were bad at this before her. Like, um, I think it was either the CEO before her or the one before him um, who acquired Kelku um, for, for tons of money um, and that didn't end well for them. I mean, Tumblr was over a billion, right? Tumblr was her biggest acquisition. It was 1.1 billion. Um it, she, they've already written off half the value of that um, since then. So four years on, um, and it's oh, not looking shit. like it's going to get. It's not looking like it's going to get any better, really, is it? Um, from sort of a cultural standpoint. Um, but her, yeah, her acquisition strategy was probably the right thing to do. Like strategically, I think um, making some smart acquisitions. Like you look at Facebook acquiring like Instagram, and that was an extremely good acquisition and they probably wanted to bring in something like that a new product which they could monetize themselves from within the building the problem is she she brought in 53 companies and 41 of those have since closed were these the ones with all the funny names that yeah bread about? bread yeah everyone everyone loves bread <laughs> <laughs> um i can't even remember what bread did i mean but this yeah the problem is she most of these acquisitions were just for the people at the companies they were very small startups generally and some of them, you know, brought in decent uh, ideas into the building. Like they do some like programmatic advertising at Yahoo, which was thanks to an acquisition. Some of their mobile stuff was via acquisition. They did some like developer tools, you know, so it was smart little moves, but none of them really sort of achieved what they mm. wanted to achieve in terms of giving them like a second sort of thing in their arsenal, really, that they could monetize. Um, and Tumblr was the one that she really wanted to work like that. And it just didn't happen so um yeah spending wise um fairly frivolous and just a little bit a bit, little bit scattergun a little bit like her strategy in general really yeah and have, they, have they said who's going to be the next boss? well the problem is yahoo is is disappearing it's turning into al altiba ali ali taba or something i can't remember the exact name but basically right. it's being once verizon closed the deal it's basically being rebranded and it will just be um, the advertising business which still makes billions of dollars um, but yeah so we don't know who will be the next um, CEO they, they, a lot of the board has been cold like the CFO left um, the CRO um, Lisa Schneider was paid 16 million in severance as well which is absolutely insane considering she joined a year ago wow. and she was already the highest paid CRO in Silicon Valley Um Sales, I know, oh, and that's chief the weirdest revenue thing. officer. Yeah, chief revenue officer, which shows person. how important that was to them to try yeah. and basically sort out their revenue uh, sources. Um, and then the last big sort of um, caveat to to Mayor's um, tenure, fairly or unfairly, will be the the massive security breaches. And yeah. I wrote I wrote this the other day, and obviously Marissa Mayer isn't in charge of security at Yahoo. She has like a CISO and and stuff like that. But if two of the biggest security breaches in the history of the internet happen on your watch you're yeah. probably doing something wrong yeah and, and you're responsible whether you, you know yeah don't take the salary if you don't do it yeah and she's already um she's already sacrificed her last annual bonus because of the breaches and because of the massive 350 million pound discount uh that verizon got off the deal because of the breaches um as an aside the uh, U.S. Just, uh, Justice Department actually um, has indicted um, four Russian hackers today over the hack, which is the first time they've ever gone after Russians directly uh, for a hack. They often suspect them, but they don't oh, often God. actually say war, that it was them. 
Good. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, on a, on a macro level as well, like there is apparently this. It's it's kind of unspoken, but uh, because she institutionalised a practice which is uh, prevalent in a lot of Silicon Valley companies, but this idea of firing the fifteen percent who are working least effectively, promoting the fifteen percent who are working most effectively. And again, this is quite tinnered, but it, it became it was actually written down, and it became part of the management practice that everyone had to assess every employee, and yes. you literally got rid of the fifteen. What they called it? It was like a merit based. Yeah, the curl. Well, this is the problem because because it's pretty much what happens in these kind of high performing Silicon Valley companies. But if you make it part of the legitimised written down practice, you leave yourself open to um, uh, legal. Um, recompense. Yeah, and it's culturally fairly poisonous. Yeah, and again, um, that's, that's another part of the legacy. Yeah. Um, okay, but it's it's just funny cause, because because uh, as you started off saying, Scott, here's someone who is a very high profile woman, very successful, very bright woman, and and unfortunately, mainly because of failure, actually, uh, the perception is isn't great of her performance, and unfortunately, that's grist to the mill mm. of. Uh, let's face it, sexist constituency yeah. who you know see that through the prism of gender. It will be extremely interesting to me to see what she does next because there is no obvious path anymore. Yeah, like she's gone from wonder kid to failed CEO. She's gone, so she's basically at the top there. Um, and now reality TV. Yeah, oh, like it. I just really don't know. Prison. Oh God, no. She could Carly, be. Carly she, Fiorina did that. Actually, she? she could be uh, Zuckerberg's running mate. Ooh. Uh, that's horrifying. Utterly horrifying. <laughs> I wish I'd never said that. Uh, yeah, no, it, I, I li- and I have literally no idea what she will do next. Uh, she'll probably take some time. Um, she'll probably count her $23 million of severance. She could give us a million, couldn't she? <laughs> um, she's an extremely, extremely wealthy woman, so um, she doesn't have to do anything, but I can't imagine at her age that she will stop working. Yeah, um, is she? She is... 75 birth, I think, so a bit older than me, 41, 42. Yeah, early 40s. Not old enough to retire. <sighs> That's old enough to retire. Yeah, I wish. Good, let's uh, go around the room. Yahoo or Yahoo sucks, uh, Scott Carey? Uh, Yahoo sucks. David Price. Yahoo sucks. Goes without saying. Thank you, listener, for listening to this edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Do get in touch, let us know your thoughts and opinions. Uh, you can tweet us at UK Tech Podcast or email editor at idg.co.uk. We will be back next week with more informed and uninformed opinion on the hottest topics in tech. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Bye. Goodbye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.